Well, hello, everybody. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I celebrate recovery from anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, nicotine, alcohol, and drugs. And my name is Sheila. Hello, forever family. Celebrate Recovery is a safe place to find freedom from life's hurts, hang-ups, and habits. And guess what? I got it written down because I like to talk. Life is filled with hurts. If we don't authentically walk through them with Jesus, we develop hang-ups. And those hang-ups can lead us to destructive habits. Destructive habits affect our entire family. Our leaders, Alma and Francisco Hernandez, lead our Celebration Place ministry for children ages 4 to 13, helping them learn to develop effective coping skills through Jesus to turn their hurts over to Christ. We are seeking leaders for the landing, which equips our youth ages 14 through 18 with a safe place to express themselves and to deal with their hurts, guiding them to seek Christ's truth and apply it to their life each day. See, this program, based on the Beatitudes, leads the entire family unit to Christ, who heals painful hurts and destruction, restoring relationships to all members of that family. Restoration and wholeness is why Jesus came, right? So join me in prayer for the landing leaders to join us, because we are looking for them. And are you tired of pretending? Come visit our table in the foyer after church and learn how you may get involved. Thank you, Hill Country Church. We love y'all so much. The best is yet to come. Y'all keep coming back. Hey, filled by Jesus. You in the black shirt. Ronnie, you're Ron Ron's dad, right? I am. Yeah. Yes, sir. I got to hold a baby the other day, and I always remember their names. So. Amen. <laughs> Come on, let's hold that sign up real quick. This is so awesome. And I just, I just want you to know that, you, that in your life, you've not been celebrated enough. Thanks, Pastor. But the Lord just, he just, he wanted me to tell you, Today, that as a community of believers, we're proud of you. And we're so excited to see even what's going to come out of you as a father and as a free man. Amen. So we just bless you. And I just say, give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. In Jesus' name. going to do something a little bit different here today. We've got 25 minutes, so it's perfect. Oh yeah, plenty of time. That's too high. Yeah, we're trying out this table chair combo. Yeah. What kind of, I don't know. So we want to just right share a little bit. I don't know bit. how to work it. You want me to do it I'm for you? I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, no, I almost got in trouble. Did y'all see that? I almost got in trouble well, there, so... Oh. 
<laughs> yes, for your entertainment. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> so we want to just share a little bit. We feel like God is, you know, that, that vision is seasons of vision. Vision has the thread always of the mission that we are to transform people equipped to transform our world. But then there's moments where God breathes on something and says, this is what I'm doing now. This is what I'm doing today in my body. And, and, and I started last week by talking a little bit about that personal place, the personal responsibility, the personal revelation of vision like that we're all called to love, right? There was no, you've got to love yourself. You've got to love the body of Christ. And you've got to love the world. That's the call as God's children. And, and if you're not doing those things, then what we talk about today will sound like you are not invited to the party. But I want to tell you that you are invited to the party because we're all going somewhere together. And we're all going somewhere that requires all of you. Because the reason it's written out there that you're going to transform your world is because your world is not my world. And, and I, can't, I can't break in to your world. I, God is looking for transformation of all people groups, of all, of all households, of all things, and He needs you. He needs a church alive, fully alive, and, and that's you. If we ever think that this building is the church, we've lost it. That you're the church. He's looking for an alive church. And through the church, it says in Ephesians that he will display his glory to principalities and powers and rulers, all those things. He's looking through it to come through you. And so we want to just share a little bit about some corporate vision. This is not a one-week thing. This is going to be weeks of talking about this. Why? Because first of all, we've learned if we don't say it multiple times, it just becomes a passing thought. So true. But vision is is repeated over and over. That's why it says in Habakkuk, hey, write down the vision so that those who read it can run with it. And so we're going to show a little bit of scripture today. Liz is actually going to share first about just kind of how we landed here. Um, Because if we believe that God is supernatural and dreams and visions and all those things, then we have to embrace when he's doing it. So she's going to share a little bit about that. Yeah. So... um... I know this is kind of weird, right? That's a little weird. And the table spins, too, which is also, <laughs> I put the lid on the water. Anyway, uh, we'll figure it out. We should have rehearsed. Um, so I, I, it was, I don't really know, maybe three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, I've been dreaming a lot at night dreams. And uh, they started to all, uh, there were several of them that, I'll just tell you, they were about snakes. It was very weird. One of them had Leviathan in it, which I've never even thought about, I don't think, in my life one time. I mean, it was like some weird stuff. So I knew, but it wasn't scary. It was just things were happening in, in my night dreams. So uh, it got my attention. So I started to ask the Lord, you know, what was going on. And, of course, that was it was the enemy, the, the snakes. So it wasn't people. Don't, don't think that. But uh, the third dream, um, I saw the snakes. And people around the snakes did not see them, was the gist of it. And I woke up, and it became very clear to me that the Lord was speaking about the lost, about those who, they don't know the work of the enemy in their lives. They don't, you know, they don't understand, you know, where pain comes from, you know, all of those things. Um, so I woke up 
And my heart just began to break, really, um, for the lost, which most of you know that that's the case most of the time. But this, this actually was different because um, I've been uh, just almost sidetracked, really. You know, I mean, COVID has been a challenge, obviously, for all of us and just the direction of church. And, of course, we were online and then we were in the parking lot and then we don't know where anybody is and who's where and, you know, all these things. And thankfully now uh, we're starting to get our groove back. I feel like the Lord is um, is helping us see, like, seriously, each other, <laughs> you know, like, oh, there you are. And remember that we're not alone, Right. I mean, all of us have experienced that, but I don't know. I was just super distracted by the comings and goings of people um, in church, not not the lost. It was the comings and goings of people, you know, like other, going to other churches and other people going to different churches, and there's the moving around and all this stuff. I was just, it was annoying me, <laughs> for lack of a better word. I mean, that's just honest, all right? Um, and just in general, I wasn't... I don't know. I might have been annoyed at one or two people, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> I got over it. It happens sometimes, and then we ask for forgiveness, and then we move on. And we have dreams about snakes, and it all works out. Anyway, end of message. <laughs> That's a theology there. I know, right? I got, okay, I got to tell you, I got, I'm just going to derail us for like 12 seconds because I, my heart was just absolutely broken on Friday. I, I saw an Instagram account that the whole purpose of it was calling out false teachers of the church. And we're talking like Joyce Myers and stuff. I mean, it was like, like it, it wasn't Bill Johnson for uh, once. Uh, I mean, it was probably in there, yeah. you know, but uh, I, anyway... They basically had taken like a phrase of something, a few things that she had said, and then rebutted it with scripture. Now, it wasn't, I'm not talking about basic fundamentals of theology. I'm talking about phrases that were pulled out of context that were, I mean, like literally what I just said there, you know, I could probably make that account, you know, and it was just absolutely breaking my heart. And I mean, we're going to get into some of this a little bit because it has got to stop how we treat other people, especially on social media, when we don't know them, you know, and we've got to come back to humility and love and how God has called us to walk and live. But anyway, back to my story. So I just had to tell you, because I was, I mean, honestly, I was thinking when I, when I saw that, I was like, anybody could take anything that that one of us would speak with a microphone and probably find a scripture that rebuts it. You know, I mean, it was, it, it, it's just not okay. But at, when, I, when I had these dreams, I woke up and I knew the Lord was on something. I was annoyed at all the other just regular church stuff. And it's like, God, what are you doing? And he began to bring me back to the harvest the focus, the things that he's put in our hearts particularly. And not every church may be called this direction. I mean, but we really feel like the Lord is putting a mandate on us, a fresh mandate to pursue those who do not know the Lord. Not transfer growth. I mean, we're happy for people 
to come from wherever. Don't, don't mishear me. But what I'm saying is that it, I'm okay with mess. I'm okay with people that don't know anything about Jesus. I'm okay with their, if I can't say that, that would be come out of context. I was going to say I'm okay with their sin. That pull, Don't pull that one out of context. But we have to be okay with however, they don't know. If they don't know their sin, if they don't know, how could we, why? Why would we judge, right? I know that most of you are on the same page. But, I, but what we're feeling like, that there's revelation yeah. in all of this, that God is taking us somewhere new. And, and, and I, don't want it, I don't want it to be broad, I don't want it to be, even though it is, it is the whole region. That's in our hearts, honestly. It, when, we, when we start getting down into pinpointing the vision that we feel God has put in our heart, it is to win a region. It is to see a university campus come to Jesus. I mean, it's big, big stuff, right? right? What's the point if God doesn't do it? What's the point? I mean, if, if I can lead two people to the Lord and that's my goal, okay. But we, we're believing for the impossible, things that aren't practical for a small church. You know what I mean? Things that aren't on any, uh, anyway, I'll stop with that. But where was I going with that? I don't know. <laughs> I forgot. I want to bring it personal. That's what I was trying to do. It's, it's a big picture, but I want to bring it personal because I bet every one of you knows somebody that needs Jesus. Every one of you. You, have, you might have a neighbor, coworker, a family member. I know. How many of you, can I just see your hands, have a family member that does not believe in Jesus Christ? Yeah. Yeah. There's a harvest right there. I mean, let's bring this... Let's bring this personal. Like, if, if that's our focus, uh, transform people. If, if you have experienced the trans- transformational power of Jesus, then how, how do we get to the transforming our world part? How do we get there? Well, we feel like this is yeah. one of the things. So what, what I feel like the Lord is wanting to do is, how many know the difference between um, false responsibility and mandate. One says, you know, like, because Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing, right? And so the truth is, Jesus didn't heal everyone in Israel when he was there. He didn't, he didn't pray for everyone. He only did what he saw the Father doing. So he was carrying the mandate of heaven of obedience. Yes? Not performance. Because what I want to remove from you right now is pressure to perform. But at, at the other side of it, I want you to embrace an obedience that God is calling us to as a corporate community of believers to say, we're ready to give our lives for people to encounter the Jesus that we have encountered. With that, we're also going to do what we see the Father doing. So we're going to know who he's saying, hey, plant the seed. Hey, water the seed. Hey, hey, reap the fruit. Instead of you know, like, I mean, I grew up in an area, I won't say what town, there was a small stretch, we lived in a different town in Florida, and it was known for like these radical street preachers. Horrible. <laughs> Why? Because they, they were full of judgment, anger, and performance. What were they doing? They were false, carrying a false responsibility for the world that didn't, wasn't dripping with love and care and the mandate of heaven. 
And, and so what I want to make sure we don't do is put a false responsibility on you that says, oh, I'm not performing well enough. No, I'm talking about an overflow that happens from your love and life with Jesus. But it's also a corporate vision that you recognize I'm not letting people that God is bringing into my life not have an encounter with Jesus because one of the biggest things we're fighting as a generation is selfishness. And as we recognize that, then we say as a corporate body and as an individual and as a family, we're going to pursue people. We're going to love people. And, and I feel like God is just is putting, it's a fresh vision in the church again for what would it look like for a whole city to come to the Lord? What would it look like for a whole region? Now, I know when I say that, there's people right here that thought impossible. Well, it's okay because I serve a God of the impossible. And we have to begin to, if we don't look for that, then we just say, well, I'll just gather a few and that will do. And the problem with that is that hasn't changed the earth. He's looking for people who will believe and hand it to the next generation. Do you know that, and without getting theological, before there was bad end times theology, do you know that the church thought that everyone on the earth was going to have an encounter with Jesus. The entire church was believing for, I mean, if you, if you read even Spurgeon, he's preaching about it. It's like, man, we're going to see an entire world have an encounter with Jesus because we've had it and we want everyone to have it. And that's why he's written about in history books because he believed for more that was possible in a generation. And we're looking I believe this, that God is wanting to plant such a radical seed in us a vision to see something impossible happen that we will begin to live out the impossible. But it's got to take every one of us. Like it can't be a few, a few listen, it can't be the few evangelists in the room. The, the role of an evangelist is as, actually to equip you to evangelize. It can't be the few people that are extroverts. It can't be the few people that are good with people like, well, you know, like, Timothy, would you handle that group of college students? Like, listen, no way that Timothy and Hannah can pastor 40,000 kids that get encountered with Jesus. It's impossible. It's impossible even to think that, hey, Timothy, I need you to go evangelize 40,000 students. We tried that. It didn't work. He was tired after three days. You know, what am I saying? It's looking for a people a people that will grasp something and say, together, together we can see this. Together we can do this. And, and sometimes people will be like, what's your vision? And, and it, honestly, we've been even rebuked by, by people who are helping us craft things. And we're like, well, it needs to be more practical than that. I'm telling you, our vision is to see a city one for Jesus. To see a region one. For, it's our vision. And let me define the word vision. Yeah. We probably have, I don't know, but the mission statement is we are a transformed people equipped to transform our world. Vision is actually that mission statement imagined. It's what it would look like. What would it look like if we were transformed people equipped to transform our world? It's whole city, a whole city being one for Jesus. That's what we believe the the mission statement imagined would look like. So can we just imagine that for a second? Can we just imagine a whole city, one for Jesus? A whole city. It looks messy. 
a little chaotic. We got to pull in all the, all the churches, right? All the churches will be helping. It's not just us, so don't get that wrong. What would it look like? But they, they would know us by our love for one another. They would know us by our fruits. Right. They would know us by the power of the kingdom of God because it's not a matter of talk but power. So, yeah, so where do we go from this? <laughs> like, well, don't be afraid. We've still got two hours worth of stuff here. So, um, yeah, I, I think... I think the call, first of all, is an engagement to the dream. An engagement. And maybe even a re-engagement. Because I look across this room and I see a lot of you that, man, I've been ready to give my life for this. You know, I've been giving my life for this. But a re-engagement to say, this is what God is calling us to now. Oh, I should finish it end of the story sure so uh i've just remembered part of it so it's been a wild couple of weeks to be honest god's been just meeting us it's been really remarkable but um the the after the last dream that day that evening i had someone text me in the evening uh asking when church was on sunday now this is someone that's never come to church before that we've been loving on for years. I mean, and it was, so I'm talking out of the blue, out, completely out of the blue. And I, I remember I just, I, I just, I was in shock. I'm going to be honest. I was in shock, but I showed Tim and I was like, I think God's confirming. He's confirming. And then there were several other things too. Right. I, I probably, sh- I think I did write it down actually at home, but I don't remember. But God just began to confirm. And really awesome testimonies that we'll share later on. I yeah, I, I think what he was beginning to do is he was just showing, hey, this is what I've made you for as a people. Yeah, I've made you for the lost. Not Again, we don't, it's not that we do not want other people that maybe are moving here or, or coming and looking for a place to be family and home. We, we want that. But if our goal is to do church better than somebody else so people will come. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say it again. If our goal is to do church better, community better, have better home groups, have a good, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I think like we love the Lord as well as anyone I know, you know, like in our services and stuff. But like, if our goal is like, well, we got to hold people in that. And then, then you get off of the mission of loving Jesus. And if you're off of the mission of loving Jesus, you'll never love people. Right? So just what we want to say is we're inviting you to take hold of vision. Take hold of a corporate vision. What's it mean? Laying stuff down. I don't have time today, but we're going to go here next week. Is like, how do we get, become fishers of men? Well, they always had to leave something. We were going to talk about that. We have five minutes. We should read that. Just read something. Let's read the uh, Bible. Let's read right. something out of the Bible. It'll be fun. It's a Bible story. I'm really concerned about being pulled out of context today. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Luke 5. Yeah. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of the Gazarets with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. I just want to say the word right there everywhere else and in the Greek is mending, meaning they were fixing the nets. It's important for where we're going to go. They weren't just preparing them. They were, they were mending them. It said he got into one of the boats, 
the one belonging to Simon, the one we all know as Peter, and asked him to put a little up from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. My dad always says Jesus liked boats. And, and I always think that's funny because we have to remember that Jesus also had a personality. Why? Because he wasn't a robot fulfilling the plan of God. He was a man with a personality full of the Holy Ghost. And I'm, I, just to be real clear, I'm not saying Jesus was not the Son of God. He was the Son of God. But if he, Philippians tells us he emptied himself so that he could be like us. And so Jesus is on the boat. He says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught a large number of fish that the nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For, we are all, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. And one thing I've learned about the kingdom is this, is there's always a fresh call. There's always, if you're listening from heaven, there's always a fresh call. He's saying, will you, will you go for it again? Will you lean into me again? Will you worship me more? Will you love me more today? Why? Because the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he knows what it takes for all is for you to go for it again. And he's saying, will you lean in? And I believe there's a fresh call on us as a body, as a community, as a family, whatever you want to call us. Because the scripture calls us all those things. As an army, as a land. And he's saying, I'm calling you afresh to put everything else aside and follow me and be fishers of men. Will you be fishers of men again? You know, and I love it. I love it. Zach did that. Why? Because Zach loves to fish for men. Zach's not going to catch everyone. Because Zach has his own world. We need your world to be invaded by you, by the Jesus in you. We need your world to believe that, oh, wait a minute. I have the specialty to catch these fish. You know, I grew up fishing with dad. Not my favorite thing to do. But I did learn this. If I was lazy in the back of the boat and didn't cast, I didn't catch anything. And that was a lot of that. Why? Because when you don't love to fish, you don't have any energy. But who who in this room has been fishing with my dad? Look, there's like, I bet there's 20 hands up. The man is 80 years old. Almost 80, 79. And he will fish you into the bottom of the boat. Why? Because he loves to fish. He loves it. And what I'm saying is you will have energy and fire for what you let God put loving you for. And if you don't, then it's just duty. I've been in the back of the boat like, God, can we please go home? (laughs) And I learned that night, no, we weren't because someone running the boat loved it more than me. 
And I feel like God is asking us as a people together. Like a few yeses isn't going to cut it here. It's a togetherness. It's a unity that we pray for that says why? Because a net is a blending and a, and a gathering of others together. That's what a net is. And I believe this. He's been mending the nets in our season. The last season we've been in, he's been mending our nets. And he's saying, now it's time again to be fishers of men. Again. And can I just, I want to say one more thing and then you just jump in here. Um, I just want to make sure that there's a, there's a weird theology, doctrine, or movement going around. Like, you know, everyone, everyone ever heard of the gospel of the kingdom? Yes. The gospel of the kingdom is what Jesus was preaching. We talk about it a lot, I thought. Yeah, that's what Jesus was preaching, okay? But there's a weird, interesting thing where, like, there's, there's a thing where people are saying, well, the gospel of salvation. And they're almost making a less than than the gospel of the kingdom. I just want to make sure that we understand that the gospel of salvation enters people into the gospel of the kingdom. Without salvation, there is no entering in the kingdom. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. You have to come into salvation. So we don't want to ever lessen the idea that, oh, we just, you know, they just preached the gospel. We got quiet. What am I saying? I'm saying, yes, we want signs and wonders and the works of, of the kingdom, but one of those is salvation. And it is the actual gate where people come into the kingdom. We can't teach people how to prophesy and hear God and raise the dead and heal the sick if they don't come through the gate of salvation. And I just want to make sure that we're not inviting people and not making sure that, hey, this person doesn't know the Lord. Like We're going to make more opportunity in our corporate gatherings for people to come to the Lord. I see Gabe back there last week. I'm going to celebrate again. Gabe got saved in this room last Sunday. Why? He came through the gate. And now the gospel of the kingdom is rolling around in him and it's transformational and it's life and he's got a big old smile on his face. Why? Because that's what the gospel of God, the kingdom does. So please don't get into this thing, oh, it's just salvation. Heaven celebrates every time someone comes through that gate. And now does that mean we're going to leave them there and let them just be babies? You bet not. Then we're going to train them into the amazing works of what God has for them. But I want to say this because if we ever get to the place like, oh, you know, it's just the gospel message. Be careful. Because that sounds a lot like pride. Ooh. You probably should talk. I'm getting fiery now. We're over our time. Here's what I think I just want to leave you with. If this week, if you could just think about this, just think about those who your heart is towards. Maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe it's somebody that already you already know right now when I say that. You already have someone that you've been praying for a long time. Maybe... It's more, though. I don't know. But I'm asking you this week, just pray into that. Just ask the Lord who it is that he's going to put on your heart. And if you're not there yet, if you are not even prepared to think beyond yourself today, and, I, and let me say that not in a selfish way. I mean, in a, in a, if you are suffering in pain on the inside of you and you need Jesus to heal you, we are going to have some teams at the end that can pray for you because... 
that's actually what we believe. The first part of that mission statement is that we are a transformed people. If you are not transformed, it's impossible for you to transform your world. It's just impossible. And exhausting (laughs) to try it without it. Well, then it's just, yeah. So we're going to have a team here at the end. If you are hurting on the inside and if you feel you need transformation, you need to come up here and get prayer because God can transform you. He can begin the transformation process and walk you right into the place where your heart begins to burn for others. Your heart is so happy and so free that you want to give it away. And some of you that have been transformed for a long time, let me stir your fire a little bit too, because have we laid that down? Have we laid down the joy of our salvation? Have we laid down those places where we had so much to give, so much that we wanted to tell people about that God had done in our lives? Have we just kind of gotten comfortable? I'm going to ask you this week, ask the Lord, talk to him about it. Ask him to break your heart with the things that break yours. If there's one thing that I can tell you that has gone on in my heart in the last week and a half is, it, it was interesting, really, because I told Tim, I don't remember what day it was. I, things are a little jumbled in my head right now, but I don't know why. Um, but maybe this is why. <laughs> I told him that I feel so yielded. I feel like it's like some things that are happening are just him through me. It's like I just said, you know, God, I, I humble myself. I, I humble my opinion, my thought. I, I don't have a formula for this thing. Right. I mean, I, I mean, the people that my heart burns for, I, it, there's, it's, it's not three steps and we're there. <laughs> well, I don't know how many steps she has, but nothing is three steps, is it? It's just, it, it's, it's. Without God, right? It's not, it's not possible. But when, you, when I begin to recall that, to think about the things that, that I know that I believe my God is able to do, it's like my everything just got laid down. It's all I can, I don't really know how to describe it. But it's just like that. I remember that scripture. There was in Isaiah. It's in Jeremiah. You are the potter. I'll just be the clay. Yeah. Just do what you want to do. But I know my heart is beating with his heartbeat right now. I know that. I feel it. And that's what we need. That's what, We've got to all have that in the places that we just kind of have gotten comfortable or annoyed about. <laughs> or disappointed. Yes. You know? I, yes. I just believe, again, I always, this is her realm, guys. Like, when you let her get up and talk about why, because it's a mandate. It's not false responsibility. It's not legalism. Like, we got to do this. We don't need another outreach program. We need you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. We... I mean, we can create more programs, but they don't work if not if everyone's not saying this is the way we're going. This is where, and, and it's not and a legalistic thing. Yeah, not thing. to say we don't need programs. We need we need some structure. And, sure. And we want to invite people into that opportunity, but 
Right, but what I'm saying is we're not going to create another thing no. <laughs> to, and, to try to help you get passionate. It's about God's heart coming on to you. Yes. For the loss, for the world. And, and if you don't know how to do that, just in Psalms 2.8, it says, Ask of me, and I'll give you the nations as an inheritance. Recognize that the lost is actually one of your inheritances as a child of God. See, that, that breaks away everything. Well, I'm not an evangelist. No, but you have an inheritance, and it's the lost. There's an inheritance. There may be some fruit that literally you're the only person in the world that can pick that fruit. And that's not false pressure. That should be a delight. That should be like, whoa, I, I relate to that person so well that I literally, in eternity, they said, they were like, Tom's going to pick this fruit. It is a delight to lead people to Jesus when you love them. It's a delight when you see people's pain. And you I have the answer for that. You have the answer for that. But if we don't see them the way he, he does really and feel his heart for them in their pain, which means they're lashing out, they're angry, they, do, they say they don't believe in God. I might not believe in the God they believe that they don't believe in either. I mean, uh, people's d- interpretation of who God is, maybe they've never seen the goodness of God like you have. I, I might not want him either if I thought all he did was judge and all he did was punish. Angry God. That, that, how many of you know that, that I mean, you've been in that place where you thought God thought, felt that way about you, right? I mean, but that's not who he is. You have the answer. We all do. We have the answer. All right. I don't know how long we should go, but. All right. Well, here's what I want to do. I want to end something a really different, but I just felt like the Lord showed me this this morning. And the reason I'm doing this is because I believe that there are people when vision is cast that literally foresee it, meaning the forerunners, Right. And, and so I felt like the Lord actually asked me to honor someone for forerunning here. So, Lolly, I'm actually going to ask you to stand up. In March, when all this craziness started, I watched you put a trumpet to your mouth and literally two or three Sundays in a row dance around in here and say, Harvest is coming. Harvest is coming. Harvest is here. Harvest is now. And I want to tell you that there was not one moment I ever thought you were crazy. I always knew you were forerunning. And what you're feeling in March is what we're talking about now. What you were blowing the trumpet about in March was God's heart, was his plan, and it is now. And always will be. And, and it's always been his plan because the fields are always ripe with harvest. And you just started blowing the trumpet for laborers. But... Here's what the Lord told me. And this is for both of you. You get to be parents again. The season of parenting isn't over. It's just a different type of kids. Spiritually born. Spiritually ready. Spiritually messed up. Messy. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you them because you were one. And you remember. You remember well. And you've celebrated God's goodness in that. And so I just want to encourage you 
that in this season, it's, it's not just about the trumpet. It's going to be about, you're literally going to have fish in the net, in your net. And the Lord says he's going to start showing them to you. I feel like there's some that are actually connected with your family, Bruce, but there's some that are just like, why did you bring this person into our life? And then God's going to be like, yes, that one. And so I just want to, first of all, honor you for blowing the trumpet. Keep blowing the trumpet. Will you keep blowing the trumpet? Because this is a room full of laborers. So if you, if you just hear the call today, it's going to be a simple altar call. It's this. It's a yes. You just say, yeah, I'll do that. I mean, I should just stand up. If you just say, I hear the call from God. If you're not sure yet, it's all good. We're not afraid that, that God's going to teach you your yes. I see so many of you that I could prophesy over right now and say, we need your world. Hey, Hurley, we need your world. Adidas, got to have your world. I, I see it in so many of you. Ty, we got to have the youth. It's not just a pipe dream what you're feeling. Thousands on thousands. We're going to stand with you. If you're not ready to, to say yes to this, ask the Lord for his heart, and then don't be afraid. I'm going to make you fishers of men. We always quote, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. It was interesting, though. Luke 5 says, don't be afraid. So right now, here's how we're going to end. I'm just going to let Elizabeth pray because she is not afraid. I have done more things with her that I would never do to be with those that don't know Jesus. And I'm going to let her just pray fear off of all of us right now. Perfect love casts out all fear. Fear cannot exist where perfect love is. It cannot exist. So God, we ask for your perfect love. We ask for a radical love encounter today. Again, I feel like I pray this every few months up here, but we can never have enough. We can never fathom the great love that you have for us, Father, but how great, how deep, how wide is your love for this world? For those who are in this world, you sent your son. You sent your son, your only son, to be crucified on behalf of this earth the people in it. And God, we ask for a love encounter to understand that kind of love. And we just acknowledge right now, I'm going to speak to the devil for a minute because he makes me real mad. Hopefully he makes you mad too. He, you, devil, have stolen long enough. You have killed long enough. You have lied long enough. We just declare the kingdom of God is in our midst. The kingdom of God is inside of us. It's around us. It penetrates this region, and it grows wildly. So, God, with your perfect love, we just walk out of here empowered. Holy Spirit, walk with us. May we be yielded. May we be your vessels. If the altar teams would just go ahead and make their way up. And if you're not on an altar team, but you're trained in that, would you just, I feel like we're supposed to pray for more people than our standard. So if you've just been trained, just come on up here. They don't have a name tag. It's okay, I trust them. You can too. And we just want to make sure that everyone in here that's, that's maybe you're feeling like you can't do it. 
Maybe you're feeling like, oh, that's not me. They're not talking to me. We're talking to you. And, and we just, if you just feel like maybe I'm not transformed enough, we want to break those lies off of you. If you believe in that, know this, the transformation process is in place. It's happening. Maybe you know something that is not being transformed. You say, I'm getting prayer for that today. But if you are not a believer in Jesus Christ and you're in this room today, Lolly, raise your hand. This is Lolly. She's going to lead you to the Lord today if you want to. She's going to tell you about Jesus. She's going to invite you into the family and into lordship and into his goodness. So if you don't know the Lord today and you want to and you think, man, they were talking about something I don't get, we'll explain it and we'll invite you in. But most of all, we'll say this is the best day of your life. Yeah, and if you're online and and you're hearing this, uh, obviously you're not in the room, but please comment or reach out to us so that we can pray with you. We want to pray with you. We want to join with you. But I, I just want to make sure, I know we went long today. We always go long. It's kind of our normal. It's our new thing out of COVID. So yeah, we, <laughs> we decided gotta... we were going to go shorter and the Lord laughed. Uh, <laughs> and so, but I just, I want to say this. Even if you come get a 30 second prayer that just says, I just want to love the lost more. Come get prayed for today. If, you, if you're just feeling discouraged, if you're feeling down, you need a miracle in your finances, or you need a miracle in your body, come get prayed for today. We don't want anyone to walk out of here today and say, I didn't get what I needed because the Father is saying, all I have is yours. Don't you know, son? All I have is yours. And so we're going to make the teams available today. Please come and get prayer. If you just say, I don't know what I need prayer for, but I want... Someone just to agree with me and say, or I just need to hear God saying, I'm awesome. That's good too. So we just bless you guys in the name of Jesus. We declare the goodness of God in your lives this week. We declare that you would be fishers of men as you leave these doors. Fishers of men in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.